0: We're in the middle of the Mishnahis that talk about an Amho'oret, um, somebody who is ignorant and not particular about the laws of purity and how much we need to be concerned for his impurity. Ha'isha, a woman who was baking bread in her oven in the courtyard outside of her house, and the bread that she was baking was bread of truma, and she took the loaves outside of the oven and then a poor person came and asked her for some food, and the woman went into her house in order to take out a piece of bread to give to the poor person. And then, she came out of the house, she found him standing now right next to the loaves of Truma. The question is whether there is a concern that the poor person, who is assumed to be an Amhar Oret, touched the loaves and made them Tome or not. And likewise, a woman who comes out of her house and finds her friend, who is an Amhar stoking the coals truma that are underneath a pot that contains truma food inside of it. And once again, there is a concern that the woman touched the pot and made the food Tommy. Riyakivo says that in, in these two cases, we are concerned that the Amhorets touched the pot or the food, the loaves, and therefore it would be considered tome, whereas the Chachom say that in both of these cases, the pot and the food can be assumed to still be pure, because like we have seen in many of the Mishnahs of this Perek, there is generally an assumption that people don't touch other people's possessions without permission. They don't want to risk looking like a thief or breaching the trust of the owner. Therefore, we are not concerned that they touched the pot or the food. Rabbi Lozben Pilar says, Why is it that Rabbi Akiva says that it is tome and the Chachom say that it is pure? The only reason in both of these cases that I can hear and understand is that because women are considered to be peckish, and she is therefore suspected of uncovering her friend's pot, leda to see what she is cooking. Rabbi Lozman Pila is saying that I only understand Rabbi Akiva's reason in the second case of the Mishnah, of the woman and the pot. But in the first case of the Mishnah with a poor person, over there, I don't understand why Rabbi Akiva is concerned that the poor person would have touched the loaves of Truma. It could be that the poor person is very hungry, but the woman went inside just now to bring him some food. So hes it's very unlikely that the poor person would then touch the loaves of Truma. It's only in the second case, according to Rilazman Pilar, that Rabbi Akiva argued against the Chachamim. But in the first case, even Rabbi Akiva agrees with the Chachamim according to Rebullahs ben Pilar, that there is no concern that the poor person touched the loaves, and therefore they can be presumed to still be pure. The Mishnahs continue to talk about an Am Haaretz, one who lives with an amharits in the same courtyard. That is to say, they share a courtyard, and there are two or more houses that open up into the courtyard. The courtyard would be used for many activities and tasks that they would do. For example, the ovens would usually be in the courtyard was a more spacious area where they were able to do different activities, and a chover has a house opening up to that courtyard, and an amaharetz has his house opening up to the courtyard, the shokach kelim bechotzer, and the chover forgot some objects in the courtyard, he left them there. Since they jointly use the courtyard as and when they like, there is certainly a concern over here that the amaharetz would have touched the other person's items. And because of that, even earthenware barrels that are surrounded, that are totally sealed shut, such that if a regular source of impurity were to touch it, it there's no way for it to make it tome, because earthenware can only become Tomei from its inside, and over here there's no way of of getting into the inside. Nevertheless, it would become Tomei because an Haaretz's wife is also considered, uh, she's assumed to be an Amoritz, and periodically she becomes Tomei as a Nidder, and a Nidder has a high level of impurity similar to a Zov, such that anything that she moves, she would make Tomei, and that includes an earthenware item, and therefore even an earthenware item that is totally sealed shut would be assumed Tomei in case the Nidder touched it, in case she moved it. A Tainan Rock of Tomei's Purcell or even if there is an earthenware oven that is totally sealed shut and there's no way of entering into the inside, and we're talking about an oven that is attached to the ground, it's been cemented to the ground, which means that it's impossible to move it. Such an oven that's totally sealed shut and is impossible to move, it cannot become tomei at all. But nevertheless, how I to me, that would also be considered tomei. The reason for this is because we are concerned, midi rabbonon... That if we say that the oven remains pure, people will think that even in the case of a sealed oven that is movable and portable, that even that oven would be considered pure. But that's not true, because that oven can be moved, and there would be a concern that the needle move that oven. So in order that people don't come to think that any oven that is sealed shut, even one that is movable, is tahar, the Chachom said that any oven, even if it is sealed, we consider to be tome. Rabbi Yehuda says that in the case of the oven that it's attached to the ground, it remains pure, With as long as it is surrounded with a proper seal. The reason for this is because, as we explained, it's impossible for that oven to actually become tome, and Rabbi Yehuda argues with the Tanakama, the first opinion of the Mishnah, that the Chachamim were strict in case somebody comes to think that even a movable oven is tahar says, and Erebiyasi essentially agrees with the Tanakama that we are strict and the Chachomim did make this decree. So, even an oven that is attached to the ground and totally sealed would be Tomei, unless he makes a partition that's at least 10 to fochim tool, and he places that in front of the oven, so that the oven is situated between that partition and the entrance to the Chover's house. And now, the, it is assumed that the, the Amho'aretz doesn't really have permission to go into that area, and it can be safely assumed that he did not touch the oven. So a combination of that, as well as the fact that anyway, according to the strict letter of the law, it's not able to become Tomei, that leads to the law that indeed we say that the oven is still pure. Mission base. There are two very severe types of impurity that the Amho'aretz is suspected of possibly having. One is impurity that comes from a dead body, and the second very severe type of impurity is Tumas Midros, which means that the Amorites could be a Zov, and although both somebody who became Tommy from a dead body and somebody who is a Zov, they are both an Av there are differences in the halachas in the laws, of a person who became Tommy from a dead body and a Zov. Now, firstly, one similarity between them is they both have sort of an exception to the regular law of impurity in general, when a source of impurity touches something else and makes it tome, it becomes tome on one level lower than the source of impurity. So, in general, if an avatumor touches something else, that item will become a reshangla tumor, which is one level below an avatumor. However, that having been said, tumor that comes from a dead body, in certain scenarios, it won't go down a level. And that is the law of cherev harehu kacholo. The law of cherev harehu of kacholo is a law that is learned from Psukim that states that if a metal item and others understand any item, as long as it's an object, not a person, or food, there's a discussion whether it applies specifically to a metal item or any item, but any item that touches a dead body, or a person who became Tommy from a dead body, becomes Tommy on the same level as that which made it Tommy. So in our case, if the Amharats is suspected of being an, of somebody who became Tommy from a dead body, that makes the Amharats an Avhatumar. If he then touches an object, the object will not become a tumor which is one level below, but rather it will become an Avhatumar just like the the person himself. And being an tumor makes a big difference. If a person or an object touches an tumor they become Tommy. If they touch a Rishanatumar, they don't become Tommy. So there's a big difference. ...that this makes, and we now need to be concerned that any object, or at least metal objects, that are, that are in an Amoritz's house, they are possibly tome as an avatoma. The, the argument that we mentioned with regards to which type of objects this applies to, everybody agrees that it does not apply to earthenware items. The discussion is whether it only applies to metal items or to any any material except for earthenware. Another stringency that applies specifically to something that becomes Tommy from a dead body is the purification process. A regular Tommy item, in order to be purified, just needs to be dipped into a mikveh, a collection of natural water which will purify it. However, something which became Tommy from a dead body, or from a person who became Tommy from a dead body, in order for that to be purified, it needs to be sprinkled with the ashes of the para aduma twice. It's a seven-day procedure. The sprinkling happens on the third and seventh day. The purification procedure is much more extensive. Now, on the other hand, there is a particular stringency that applies to Tumas Midros, that a Zov has. The truth is, we have learned already, that an Amha Oretz is not suspected of being a Zov, to the extent that he can transfer impurity via Tumas midras. However, the concern over here is about the Amha Oretz's wife, who is a nidor periodically, and the middle has the same level of impurity as a Zov, and she is also assumed to be an Amaaret, just like her husband, and because of that, she won't be careful not to sit on things, and to know what she has sat on, and there is a concern that any item that can become Tome tomas Midras, because it is designated to support the weight of a person, indeed did become Tome in that way, because she lay down or sat on it, or her weight was supported on the item in any other way. Now, there is a certain severity with Tomas Midros that is more stringent than the Tuma that comes from a dead body, and that is that once an item becomes Tome with that Tuma, it is an avha Tuma. That's the same as something that becomes Tome from a dead body. But whereas a utensil that becomes Tome from a dead body can only make somebody or another item Tome if they touch it, an item that has become tome by Tumas Midras can make anybody who touches, carries, or supports their weight on the item tome. Be it as it may, since with regards to the items that are in, there are in an Amaratz's house, there is both a concern of tuma that came from a dead body and tumor of the Nidor, his wife, that can be transferred by Tumas Midras, the stringencies of both of those types of impurity need to be of a concern. Because of that, the Mishnah says, Somebody who gives utensils to an Amar Oretz for him to watch over for a certain period of time for him, or they are considered out of doubt to be Tomei, with impurity that came from a dead body, and with Tomas Midras and all of the stringencies that we just mentioned would apply. However, we've already seen that an Amar Oretz is aware that a Koye needs to be careful about not becoming Tomei, and therefore he is careful not to allow the coin's items to become Tomei, as far as he knows. So, in Ma'kirei Shua Truma, if the Amaretz knows that the person who gave him the items, the owner of the items, is somebody who eats Truma, he's a coin, so he needs to remain pure so that he will still be able to eat Truma, then he is careful to make sure that the items won't become Tomei from a dead body. And, in general, he's pretty aware about impurity that comes from a dead body. But with regards to all other kinds of impurity, he does not know the laws about them, and he is not going to be trusted with regards to the other types of impurities. the Mishnah says that to Hoyer mitome the items will be considered pure in terms of impurity that comes from a dead body, Al Tome Midras, but they are considered to be Tome via Tomas Midras of his wife, because they are not concerned with regards to that type of impurity, even if they know that he's a Koyane because they simply are ignorant of those laws of the other kinds of impurity. The Mishnah continues, Rabbi Yaisa Rabbi says, If the chover, the person who is particular about the laws of impurity, he owns an item, a box, which is full of clothes, and he gives it to them, or oh, it's for him to look after for a particular amount of time. Bismanchi writes, sets us in a situation in which the top of the box, the lid pushes down directly onto the clothes, meaning that the box is full such that the pile of clothes which are inside of the box reach the lid. In that case, Tomei Midras, the clothes will be considered tome via Tomas Midras. Even though this only applies to items that are designated for supporting one's weight on since occasionally people sit on clothes and use it as a kind of cushion, so therefore Tomas Midras is applicable to clothes. The point of the Mishnah is that since the lid is directly on the clothes, by sitting on the top, the lid of the box, it's considered as if he is sitting on the clothes themselves. And like we explained, the concern over here is that the wife of the Amaaret sat on the box, sat on the clothes, and made them via Tumas midros, and that she was a Nidor at that time. In Enaaretzetes, however, if the lid is not tightly on top of the clothes, the clothes don't reach all the way until the lid, then there's no possibility for it to become Tommy by Tomas because even if the nidder woman sits on top of the box, it's not considered to be placing her weight on the clothes. So the only tumor which is possible to have reached the clothes is... ...because of the fact that the Nidor moved the clothes... ...if she moved the box, so that moves the clothes as well... ...and so the Mishnah says to me in Madoff... ...the clothes would be tome on a lower level of impurity... ...since it's not Tumas midras, ...so the regular rule that the tumah goes down a level... ...when it is transferred would apply... ...so the clothes will only be on the level of a Rishon Le ...which is unlike the case of a Tumas midras. ...and the Mishnah adds that since the concern over here is that the clothes were moved... So, even if the owner of the box and the clothes has the keys with him, so it's impossible for the woman to touch the clothes. Nevertheless, they are considered to be tome because the concern over here is not that she touched them, but rather that she moved the box, which is considered to be like moving the clothes as well. If somebody loses an item in a public area during the daytime and later on he finds it on the same day, tahar. He can presume that the item is pure because we're talking about an item that is very much visible and therefore it's unlikely that anybody touched it. In general, if somebody would have seen it, then they would usually just take it. It's a lost item in the middle of a public area. The fact that it hasn't been taken allows us to safely assume that nobody saw it or nobody at least touched it. However, Bayoim, if he lost it there during the day, and he only found it later on at night, or Bayoim, he lost it there at night, and he found it the next day, day, or he lost it during the day, and he found it the next day, tome. then the item is assumed to be impure, because since it was in the public area at night time, it could be that somebody touched it without seeing it. And by touching it they would make it tomei and the mishnah says that this is the rule culture if the nighttime passes by and the item is there or even if part of the nighttime passes by since it's possible for somebody to have touched it without seeing tomei the item is possibly impure and therefore one would need to treat it as such now the concern is not of tumas mace Tumas mace is pretty unusual the only concern over here is that somebody who was a Zov or a Nidor touched it and made it Tomei via Tumas Mijos. Or if it's an item that can't become Tomei via Tumas mijos, then it would become Tomei as a tuma. but we are not concerned that it became tommy from a dead body. All of this, however, is in a public area where doubtful cases of impurity are ruled leniently. If this occurred in a private area, then it would be considered to be Tomei, even if it was during the day. Continuous Mishnah, Sheter somebody who spreads out clothes in a public area and comes back after a while, they are considered to be pure because since they are spread out pretty purposefully, it's clear that it's not a lost item and it's unlikely that anybody would have touched it. But at the end of the day, it's a doubt. So in a public area, it is ruled leniently over Shusayochid, But if it's in a private area, then Tomein, we are concerned that it is indeed Tomei. They have a shamron. However, if he was looking at them and making sure that nobody indeed did touch them, then Tahoyin, of course, he can safely assume that they are still Tohar, because he saw that nobody touched them. Now, what happens if Noflu, the clothes fell, or they blew away for a moment, and he went to bring them back? Since there was at least a couple of moments where he wasn't watching directly the clothes, there exists a concern that they became Tomei during the time that he didn't see them, and therefore, to they would be considered Tomei. On a similar note, if somebody's bucket fell into an Amoretz's pit of water and he went to bring something with which he can bring the bucket up out of the pit. The law is that Tomei, the bucket, is considered to be impure, because it was left in the domain of an Am for just a moment, without him watching over it, and Midyabon, we are concerned that in such a, such a situation, the Am or his wife touched it and made it Tomei.